Good morning to you, Adelaide. The dead set legend, shock horror. As soon as the mics go on, the sun comes out. Callum Ferguson, hello to you, great man. Don't start me. It happens every week. <laughs> this is unbelievable stuff. I was tipping it down when I was driving in this morning, and uh... it is nothing but sunshine at the moment. What a state we live in. We've had a huge last few weeks. And beautiful. The power on fire. The yes. crows going beautifully at the moment. We are up and about on the Dead Set Legends. We love it, mate. The former skipper of the Brisbane Lions, two-time BNF, and was on Local Legends this week, Tommy Rockleaf. Hello, mate. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> yes, Good was. morning, Adelaide. Up and about. Fantastic win last night for the Port Adelaide Footy Club. and. Um, five and two now. So they've set the Adelaide Crows get the opportunity against Collingwood tomorrow afternoon. But uh, it's been the city to be in the last couple of weeks, Adelaide, hasn't it? Uh, two fantastic uh, weekends that have just showcased Adelaide on the um, Australian stage, but also the international stage last week with the Live Golf. Yeah, good call, mate. So you're up in Brisbane at the moment, Rock, but you were down last weekend for Live Golf. Yes, and, he was. Um, well, a little bit of mail's just come across my desk about his weekend away staying at Chris Dipmar's, and that's going to come up after 10.30. Jeez, that's, that, that's got to be concerning for everyone involved. <laughs> yep. Rocky, you have no idea what's coming for you, mate, but I'd leave the studio. <laughs> <laughs> the mics might get turned off up here. Uh, we, uh, now what's yeah, well, that'll be interesting. I, I didn't do anything wrong, so uh, I'm not sure what you could have. Yep, that's what you're saying. So anyway, we'll get the truth after 10.30. Yes, we will. Now, Fergus, yes. it's just been announced about 11 minutes ago, yep. some money galore going down to Tasmania. We're going to discuss this uh, in depth a little bit later on. What's the story? Yeah, so $240 million has been committed to the new stadium by the federal government uh, down in Tasmania. uh, And, well, Albo actually described the land that they're going to throw this stadium on as derelict. Mm. So it's going to be used uh, for (laughs) a much better use. AFL football in Tasmania, and it's going to be a 23,000-seater. Mm-hmm. And then there's also $65 million being committed to the upgrade of the UTAS Stadium in Lonnie, yep. Launceston. So uh, great news for Tasmanian footy, no doubt about it. Now, Alistair Lynch is going to join us after 10 o'clock as well. Good Tassie boy. I'd love to see his thoughts on that, Rob. Yeah, it will be good. Uh, a Tasmanian that uh, will speak passionately about it, I'm sure. So a, a great thing for Tasmania. My opinion is it doesn't work um, with the 19th team, but we'll get into delve into that uh, in depth a little bit later. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I've got some serious concerns around that. And 23,000, it just seems a bit small. What what happens when they play? What happens when they play finals? Mm-hmm. Like Geelong aren't allowed to play their home finals down Good there no, because they right. can't hold them. Yeah, I thought they would have built it maybe forty, fifty thousand. Yeah, the other concern is, as well, Rock, is a lot of these budgets have been blown out mm. of the water by the time they've been completed over the last few years. Adelaide Ovals uh, went over budget. Uh, Optus Stadium in Perth went well over budget. So, you know, two hundred forty million at the moment. They're saying it's going to probably cost around eight hundred million. Yep. Um, which seems, you know, bare bones compared to some of these other stadiums around the country and worldwide. I, I just wonder. Whether they're actually this 240 million is actually contributing enough uh, to make it what it needs to be, and then 60 million into Lonnie as well. So yeah. I assume the Tasmanian team will play between both grounds. So where's your home ground advantage, Rob? Yeah, it's it's interesting. I think you still get it being down in Tasmania, but yeah, you you they'll have to play at two venues down there just so it feels like the whole whole. Uh, state is involved in yes. that but I, I just yeah i would have shifted a team down there if if i was mm. afl ceo which i'm a long way away even though they spent a million bucks <laughs> looking for on one. It, Rob. i get the <laughs> feeling he's aiming <laughs> though <laughs> he's about to finish up is he well he was supposed to finish up about eight months ago but he's still there so maybe uh when he finally retires in a couple of years i might take over i'll tell you who's not going to finish up and that's ken hinkley he was absolutely oh, oh. superb once again being called untenable, uh, what I heard a couple of weeks ago, Fergus. Gee whiz. I, I, yeah, his, his job was on the line a few weeks ago. I'll tell you what, they're not at the moment struggling yep. with anything. They yep. are absolutely flying the power. That was great viewing last night, Rock. They played an electric brand. Yeah, it certainly was. I think you take on the top of the table, and St Kilda are clearly at the top for a reason, and they've surprised everyone, but... The way Port Adelaide went about it, they could have folded at quarter time. St Kilda were up and about, but they mm. they shifted their game plan a little bit, turned it into more of a scrap. We know that St Kilda like to control the footy, don't care if the opposition take marks. They like to counter counter play off that. But uh, Port Adelaide went out there, executed perfectly, and walk away with the four points. Love it. We're going to discuss that next and more here on the Dead Set Legends 104.7 Triple M.
13 minutes past 9 o'clock for your Saturday morning, Adelaide. The Dead Set Legends, Tom Rockcliffe, Cal Ferguson and Tomo. This is a big win against the top of the table side here at Marvel Stadium. He has a look. Ryan Burton turned to Ken Inkley and said it's all over. Kenny's pumped. The power with a big win on a Friday night. 12-11-83. They defeat St Kilda 11-10-76. Big wins and understatement, I reckon, Rock. Yeah, massive. And you look across the board, across the stats, they normally tell a story. The, the stats suggest that St Kilda should have won the game. The, mm. the, the key thing that won it for Port Adelaide was clearly their pressure. Their pressure on the night was outstanding. Their, their tackle pressure in the contest around that, um, they just that was the difference in the game. They just put under St Kilda under heat that they hadn't experienced probably since that Collingwood game, which was only a, a week or so ago. But um, when they went inside 50, which has been, which I've been critical of Port Adelaide on for a, a number of years, and I was part of it when I was down there as well. We just weren't efficient when we went inside 50. Last night they were. Every time they went inside 50, they almost scored at about 50%, which is is really high, particularly against St Kilda. So they'd be super proud of of that performance going down there, getting it done. Free kicks again. Um, there was an article written this week about the South Australian teams how they maybe get uh, don't get. Uh, officiated fairly, but today, uh, last night, 14 free kicks for Port Adelaide, 28 against. So mm. St Kilda won double the, the amount of free kicks, which rightly or wrongly, I, I don't think it stood out. It wasn't obvious watching the game um, live, that that free kick. So, But yeah, outstanding. And they come back now, 5-2. and two. They would have taken that at the start of the season. They've had one of the toughest draws in the competition, if not the hardest when, yep. when you look at it. Brisbane Sydney, Collingwood, St Kilda now sitting up there, Western Bulldogs. So they've beaten quality teams. The Western Bulldogs are going a lot better than what people actually give them credit for. Their first two weeks were, were average. But Port Adelaide, they've mixed it with the best. Yes, they had a, a poor performance against Collingwood. The Adelaide Crows were, were too good on the night. So they'd be really happy with how they've started the season now. Now, Jason Horn Francis, the big story out of mm. it. Booed once again, 25 touches and 11 clearances. Can you believe it? Here's the coach of the St Kilda Footy Club, Ross Lyon, talking about the booing of Horn Francis. People were doing a mob that they wouldn't do as individuals, so maybe just check yourself and don't do that. There's a lot of mental stress on players. If you're doing it to put him off his game, which I make an assumption you are, well, clearly doesn't work, which is good for the kid. <laughs> so maybe don't boo him. And then, you know, I watched Dave Chappelle last night and spoke about people punching down on people. Let's not punch down on a 19-year-old. He's not trying to be funny, but he always is, Virgo. <laughs> he just finds a way. <laughs> it's just the way he talks. Oh, and, but he's he's on the money. Like he, he, I just love his insights into the game, and his insights into that situation just there are bang on. Jason Horn francis is playing fantastic footy at the moment. Brilliant. And he's getting rolled up, probably, and, and even um, just getting pumped up on the back of the fact that these people are against me. I'm going to prove you wrong. Um, we used to talk about it in cricket, you know, just when Sachin Tendulkar walks the crease, we're not saying a word to him because we don't want to wake him up out of a slumber. Mm. Mark Wall was the same. He'd be half asleep when he walked to the crease. Let's not say anything to him because you'll get the best out of him. Jason Horn Francis seems like that character. He wants to prove people wrong. He's doing that and he's doing it. He's, he's, he's walking the walk at the yep. moment. He's not just talking. He's walking the walk. And it's fantastic to see a young player do that. So two parts to this to me, Rock, is uh, I think people, like Ross touched on it then, we spoke about this off air. It's a mob mentality. Someone's booing in front of you, you're going to jump on board as well. Rightly yes. or wrongly, that's what happens. Having it live golf last weekend, for Christ's mm. sake. Someone throws a can, 30 people throw, throw a can. That's, that's just what happens. And, and there's two parts to defending players. So Ken Hinckley does it brilliantly. Yes, he does. Well, I thought a couple of weeks ago in the presser. And then you've got Kane Corns that does it so on social media that happens everywhere, hashtag ice bath. I don't mm. like that way of defending it. I'd rather yeah. Kenny's, but that's the way that we're playing out at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, it certainly is. Yeah, I think um, the way that certain people in the media, they, some people laid him, labelled him a champion of the game already. He's not that yet. He, he potentially has been. It will be. Um, I think the way he plays the game, the, the way he bursts away from stoppages, once he gets that element of just taking that one step to steady and his delivery, that'll elevate his game to, to that next level. But, yeah, they certainly stir the pot in the media. Um, there's no doubt that there's certain 
people within the media that have stirred it, and then they've got the backlash, and then they want to wipe their hands clean of it. Mm. They can't wipe their hands clean of it. They've stirred it from um, September, October last year. You're talking about Kane. He, he still does it. Ice bath him and David King. Clearly, two different um, ends of the spectrum, and one from a Port Adelaide point of view. But you can't stir the pot and then expect people not to boo, yeah. and, and then try and wipe your hands clean of it. So it is. It's, a, it's just a pack mentality at the moment. Unfortunately for Jason, he has to go through that. He's, he's a pretty strong kid. He's got the right support network around him down there. So I think you'll be okay. But it's really strange behaviour for me. Why, why would you go and boo him? Yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird setup. So uh, Kenny Hinckley called it courageous move to come home. Lee Matthews didn't quite see it that way. Yeah, I read this term. Someone's popping up this term. It was courageous to go back to Adelaide. Well, me, he, he I used think, that term. I think it's weak to go back to Adelaide. I'm, I'm on, I'm, I'm on that side of it. Like, nothing, you do what you like, but the, the courage is seeing it out and staying. Is it fair to boo Jason Horn Francis is the question we're going to ask this yeah. morning, Fergus. And why is it happening? Because it's happening every bloody week now. It's happened at, at Collingwood. It's happened against the Western Bulldogs. And now it's happened for a third time against St Kilda. Yeah, well, I just hope it doesn't happen when Essendon play against Port. Like, being an Essendon fan, I've got absolutely nothing against Jason Horn Francis. I've got no right to have anything against him. So I hope that we've seen the end of it. I hope that um, what we've seen over the last few days, um, won't be seen again because it's bringing the best out of him as a young player, which is Mm -hmm. great to see. So, you know, what are you actually doing it for? Are you trying to get get the best out of him, Rock? Should we go to the family, Rock? Yeah, I think we should. I think we should ask the family, 13353, why are you booing Jason Horn Francis? Is it fair that that he's getting booed? But but why would you go to the footy and boo Jason Horn Francis? Let's do it. 13353 is the number. The treatment of Jason Horn Francis. Is it fair? Is it not? We'd love to hear your thoughts there. 13353, $50 vouchers to give away to give away. And don't we love them? I can't believe they're... Again, <laughs> again. <laughs> one triple three five three. We'll take your calls next. Triple M. 23 minutes past 9 o'clock for your Saturday morning. Adelaide 104.7. Adelaide's Triple M. It's the dead set legends. Tom Rockcliffe, Cow Ferguson and Tom Home. We're going to the phones on mm. one triple three five three. Yeah. The treatment of Jason Horn Francis. Why are people booing him? What's going on? This is what Ross Lyon had to say last night after the game. St Kilda versus Port Adelaide. People were doing a mob that they wouldn't do as individuals, so maybe just check yourself and don't do that. There's a lot of mental stress on players. If you're doing it to put him off his game, which I make an assumption you are, well, clearly doesn't work, which is good for the kid. So maybe don't boo him. And then, you know, I watched Dave Chappelle last night and spoke about people punching down on people. Let's not punch down on a 19-year-old. have to remember, he's born in 2003. He's 19 years <laughs> old. Young and you've got thousands of people booing him every week. Well, it's, 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 I think it's ridiculous. Like, we shouldn't be booing this kid. I hope the Essendon fans don't next week, I think it is. But um, certainly, uh, I think those comments um, stand true. Mm-hmm. I think that we've got a young player there. Let's not punch down on him. Let's get behind him. He's an outrageous talent. Great to watch. Um, Lee Matthews had some interesting comments as well, I reckon, that are worth listening to. I read this term. Someone's popping up this term. It was courageous to go back to Adelaide. Well, he, he used think, that term. I think it's weak to go back to Adelaide. I'm, I'm, on, I'm, I'm on that side of it. Like, nothing, you do what you like, but the, the courage is seeing it out and staying. See, I think this is where the people booing are coming from. Now, it's a mob mentality like you mentioned earlier, yep. Tomo. So I think once a few that think that way, like Lee does, um, and they start booing at the ground, it just it's a groundswell. What do you think, Rock? Yeah, I don't really understand it. Uh, uh, he made a decision to go home. Obviously, North Melbourne wasn't at its best last year, which... Um, we've all been through that where we're in workplaces yep. that aren't operating the absolute best. And he decided to to go home. He thought that was the best opportunity for him. Port Adelaide, great great uh, success to, to pull off that trade. But I don't really understand the booing side no, of it. Like, um, particularly neutral neutral venues or, or fans. Well, I don't know why they're doing it. I understand if North Melbourne do it. Yeah, I completely get mm. that. Completely understand yep. that. But I, I just don't understand why everyone's booing him at the moment. Yep. One triple three five three is the number. Join the conversation. Is it fair to boo Jason Horn Francis at the moment as we head out to Manapara? We've got Glenn. Hello, Glenn. G'day. Your thoughts? Uh, look, I'm a North Melbourne supporter. So uh, I'm one of those, uh, you know, uh, in the instance where we maybe have my boo for the season after he left our club. But, you know, uh, I guess we have a genuine excuse saying that, uh, you know, you get hardships and you just kind of leave. But mm. 
could have stuck it out. But I guess that's the only reason why uh, the North Melbourne fans are kind of booing at the moment is because of because of a uh, you know a blog that number one draft pick decided to leave and. But he hasn't played North else, Melbourne, Glenn. It's not North Melbourne supporters, mate. It's everyone. Oh, absolutely, it is everyone. But uh, I, I'm, I, I'm, I know that people that only really have their grounds at the moment are, should be North Melbourne supporters because mm. they're the only ones that have yeah. a genuine reason. <laughs> no, I agree so. with that, yeah. 100%. <laughs> uh, oh, thanks for that, Glenn. I, I agree with you on that one. And Alf from Athelston, what are your thoughts, mate? Definitely no booing, mate. No, nah, yeah. he's only a kid. And uh, you know what? He's got his head on his shoulders. He's like Greg Anderson, mate. He goes in hard. He'll be another Greg Anderson. Mm. And you know what? Those people that boo him, look in the mirror, mate. You know, like, yep. he's a glad. He's only a kid. You know, give him a chance. And he's playing better footy. So, you know, if you're going to keep doing it, he'll lift his head and play better. <laughs> so, That's a good point, Alfie. And, he's smacking you know him at what? the moment. Yeah. And look at the umpires last night. Did they need boom? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> That's my opinion. <laughs> I like that, Alf. As we go out to Steve from Pennington. Steve, is it fair and why are they booing Jason Horn Francis? Well, in my, in my opinion, fellows, uh, I think no matter who the opposition team is, I think they're just booing him, trying to upset the lad. Mm, right. Uh, trying to get him off his game. They know how good he is. He, uh, he is or going to be as well. But the number one draft pick uh, going to North Melbourne out of, the, out of his own state. A uh, wonderful opportunity. Obviously, it didn't work for him. He missed his family. And uh, his father uh, was a very, very good uh, Port player. Uh, I'm thankful that he did return to Adelaide and playing for Port Adelaide. Yep. And I, and I just think, uh, as the other gentleman said, he's a North Melbourne supporter. And uh, we haven't played them yet. We being Port Adelaide, I'm a Port supporter. Yep. And, uh, but uh, again, I think... It's, the more we talk about it, the more, in my opinion, the more it's going to happen. I thought I think they should let sleeping dogs lie and just get on with it. Yeah, uh, well said, Steve. Yep. Don't yeah, mind I, that. I think um, Ross Lyons pointed that the mob mentality certainly 100%. has an effect there. So uh, let's head out to Chris at Heathfield. What are your thoughts? I, I think people, um, you know, I, I'm not a poor supporter, but I, I think, uh, you know, the the. Uh, the way some people support footy, there's more to it's, it's only a game. When you bring it back, I mean, say so these these. It doesn't matter what team you support. I mean, say um, it's only a game, and I, I I love the footy, and I'm a pro pro supporter. But gee, uh, a young guy that's got ability, uh, and and would they boo him face to face if they if they encountered him? <laughs> no point, Chris. Well, they, you know, it's 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 really uh, a form of cowardice because you know they're they're not accountable in that sense, when, when they're in a group or whatever. But would they do the same thing if they faced him face-to-face, you know? And I, I think some people just got to get a, a grip on the, what are their priorities. I mean, say, we all we all like our footing. We can be, you know, passionate supporters. But uh, appreciate his skills and, and really uh, get a life. I mean, so it's, it's just... You know, it's it's so sad, and as I said, I I think really uh, it's it's a form of cowardice. They if they saw him individually, face to face, would they boo him? I don't think so. I think they they turn and you know walk away meekly. So that or I reckon they'd cool. smile at him and shake his hand and yeah. introduce themselves. You know, like I agree with you a hundred percent. I tell you, if I was a port man, I would be twenty oh. twenty five with eleven clearances, eighteen <laughs> contested. If you don't mind, I'd love Just to be playing, playing with him. him. <laughs> I'd love to be playing with him. Right, uh, Alex from Richmond, finishes off, mate. Uh, the, uh, your thoughts, please, on the booing of Horn Francis. Yeah, listen, don't boo him because he's a bit like Matthew Robin. I reckon we're better off with him playing than missing out a season just for the hell of waiting to get back to Port Adelaide or come back to South Australia. Yeah. Right. Matthew so Robin, what was your point there? Well, when he played for Hawthorne, he went over for a year or whatever. Then he came back mm. and he missed a couple of seasons because he didn't want to play at uh, Hawthorne. You have to see Hawthorne, wherever to, he was. Yeah. Yep, yep. You know what it's I mean? So what yeah, my point sure. is, we're better off him coming and playing Otherwise, he could have done the same thing, missed the season out, and then look at what we miss out on. How yeah. good is he? Oh, he's How a good star. is he going to be? Absolute star. Yep. It's happened before as well. I think one of the cloak boys, or even when Jars originally got recruited up That's to right. Brisbane and, and then didn't go. So yep. I, I, I think uh, people would be better off spending their energy going to the bar and getting a beer and a pie than uh, booing. Yeah. That's what I'd be doing. Right. Look like you've been doing that lately too, mate. Oh! <laughs> Triple A. Hang on a second. Triple A. This motorsport update with Rusty is brought to you by Bendix Brakes. Put your foot down with confidence. Absolutely humming our great mate Greg Rust from Rusty's Garage Podcast. Rusty, hello, brother. Hello, guys. How are we? Oh, Oh, mate. We're flying. 
Top of the world we are here, Rusty. Now, the supercars out west, I'm hearing, in Perth for round three. Davey Reynolds absolutely flying the fastest in practice, yeah? Yeah, he was. A couple of other stories to come out of that, though. So Shane Van Gisbergen struggling a bit. It looked as though it was uh, gear shifting and, and maybe even brake bias issues. So he was a bit frustrated with niggly little things, and that left him outside the top ten. So a little bit of work to do there. The series leader, Brody Kostecki, ended up third. That's a great little lay out that one and we should see some good racing there across the course of the weekend yeah absolutely and while we're on supercars is shane van gisbergen going to drive a nascar some chat about that this week yeah bang on you you're spot on the um the chat i think is a bit interesting though like shane i haven't spoken to about this he's not confirmed it heart and and head really kind of says i'd love to see this happen because when he's gone off and done other things be it sprint car racing in new zealand over summer or even when he dabbled in the World Rally Championship event um, in his home country last year, he did a super job. So supercars is still very much his focus. And mm. I don't think it would be on the oval tracks. It would be more on the road courses. Okay. But I think it'd be dynamite if given the opportunity. And Rusty, F1 action is back this weekend. Oscar Piastri looks like he's kept the Melbourne form going into qualifying overnight. Yeah, how good. So the format's a little different this weekend. They have a sprint race on the Saturday, qualifying on the Friday. Charles Leclerc for Ferrari has ended up with the fastest time. And his name has been linked with the Mercedes team in All recent right. time too. So, um, but Lewis Hamilton says he's not, not bugged by that. And Mercedes are still, by the sounds of it, very likely to re-sign Lewis. But that hasn't happened yet. But yeah, both the McLarens inside the top 10. Lando Norris 7th, Oscar 10th. Um, and the upgrades on those cars have left them feeling you know, pretty positive about the weekend ahead, which is great. Ah, so good, Rusty. Thanks for joining us again, and we'll catch you next week, mate. Will do, guys. That's Rusty for Bendix Breaks. Put your foot down with confidence. 12 minutes away from 10 o'clock for your Saturday morning, Adelaide. The Dead Set Legends on 104.7 Triple M. Tom Rockcliffe, Cow Ferguson and Tomo. It's been a big morning in the presser as well, Rock. Uh, Anthony Albanese's jumped on. There's a lot of money floating around for Tasmania. Yeah, money everywhere. We, we had our great mate. We heard him a little bit earlier. Uncle Jeremy Rockcliffe was down there as well, yes. the Premier of Tasmania. And we heard uh, Anthony Albanese speak to the media a little bit earlier. The Commonwealth will be providing in the budget in 10 days' time, uh, $240 million of funding for this site and $65 million uh, for the upgrade of Utah Stadium in Launceston. So over $300 million getting floated around uh, into two stadiums there to get a uh, the 19th scene Tasmania into it. Do we like it or not? Yeah, I think, yes. I think it's great for Tasmanian football to go down there. Um, I have serious concerns about it, but Tasmania need their own team. They need to rebuild their development pathways. Their state league competition is not where it used to be in the past. Their AFL players that they're producing now, they're just not coming through at all in the competition. So they do need to do something down there. I don't like the idea of a 19th license going down there. Um, I watched two games of footy last weekend, and no disrespect to anyone that played in those games, but it takes a lot of effort to be an AFL footballer to get on a list first and foremost, but then to play games of footy as well. But in the games that I see, the standard of some players, they should just not be playing AFL footy. That's not their fault, but the depth is going to be a serious issue in AFL footy going forward. We've already seen that. It's taken time to catch up. But there's some the standard of footy in some games is really really poor. So I would have liked them to actually relocate a team down to Tasmania, and then also the opportunities down there. Like you, you see all these great Tasmanian people come out and say how fantastic it is. Tasmania is a great place to live, but they can never go back there when they finish sport, or none of them have transitioned back there mm. because there's just no opportunities, the commercial opportunities down there, or it's just not there and either their lifestyle they don't want to go back to Tasmania so retention is going to be a big big issue down there in the lifestyle so yeah I'm not sure where it ends up fishbowl as well boys I know I'm banging on and um, controlling this conversation a little bit but fishbowl down there if if you're a younger guy that likes to have a beer or something like that like you can't go out anywhere and do that you're gonna have to have a venue that's sort of locked away and isn't isn't um, Adelaide like that though Rock when you you found uh, that yourself you've said previously yeah, to a degree, but you could certainly get away. You could go up to the country or something like that. Everyone in Tasmania is going to know if you're an AFL player. Mm-hmm. They love AFL footy. And, and then also the other thing as well, does the whole state get behind the team? Yes, of course, they're going to support Tasmanian football, 
but they've already all got their own AFL teams. Do they then transition or is it the next generation that then barracks for them? But I know when I grew up, I just followed who my parents and grandfather yes. followed. Yes. So it's sort of inbred in you to, to follow that team. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I, I, I love the idea that we're going to get a team down there. I, my concern is that we've already got two, you know, young franchise at the moment up north we've got the gold coast and gws giants and and they've been hemorrhaging money for a long time particularly gold coast three percent of afl listed players are currently from tasmania three mm. percent and from what rocky's telling me is quite alarming about the the lack of development um the the facilities down there you know we're, the pathway system needs a lot of work so I, I hope they give it time i'm not sure you know i don't, I don't want them to just come in half-hearted you know we're, we're we're just about ready you know the facilities aren't great but you know we've got this team that's ready to go that happened at Gold Coast the facilities were no good for five six years struggled to retain young players struggled to lure players up there and that's with a great lifestyle up there so I so just want to talk- make sure they get in there yeah the facilities are top of the line you know world class from ball one and give it every opportunity. So to, to put all the money in now into lead up into 2027 is what you're saying. So 3% might turn into 7 or 8 and then keep on snowballing from there. Because if we're going to get this thing going, it's got to start somewhere, Ferg. Yeah, no, you're right. I just want to make sure. I'd love to see them make sure that everything is tip-top ready to go from ball one. When this team hits the ground, I want to see it running. Yep. I don't want to see it held back by poor facilities and it'll be okay in four or five years' time. Get on it now. Get ahead of the game, Rock. Yeah, the other thing as well is we've spent. We've spoken about the money they're going to spend down there, two hundred and forty million in Hobart to build this new facility. It's only going to hold twenty three thousand, which is really stupid, <laughs> in my opinion. Such a low number. Yeah. We, we we just spoke about it off air. So, in eight years' time, nine years' time, they they make finals, scrape in, say six. They finish six, so they get a yes. home elimination final, as you said, Tomo. Yes. They take on Collingwood. They have a twenty three thousand stadium down there yep. why not build it 40,000 50,000 for the future so that you can sell it out because the AFL are going to look at that in 10 years time and go there is no way we're playing a final in front of 23,000 when we can get 100,000 at the MCG no it won't happen it won't and we've seen that with Geelong as well 50 minutes down the highway and they've had to, well and another one we delve back bloody nearly 20 years ago Brisbane had to fly down to, to Melbourne to play mm. a prelim a home prelim final yeah. So there's so many of the the different things. So the the thing that I don't get is they're tipping in 240 into a new yeah. joint and then 60 into an upgrade, mm. which I can understand it for being because the Launceston versus Hobart are so fierce, the rivalry is so fierce between both of the cities down there. But where's the advantage? If you're yeah. going down, if you're you want to play in a, it's like having two Adelaide Ovals, yeah. is it not? Like where's the advantage for yeah. the Tasmanian side to go? This is where we're playing every single week. Yeah, the other side of the coin is playing devil's advocate is that Essendon play half their games at Marvel, half at the MCG, and, mm. and it doesn't seem the fact that you're not travelling as much is probably the key there. I, I feel like with the Tasmanian team. They do have to travel almost every second week. Yeah, you so want to make it a lose. fortress, though, that's don't right. You? So I agree with you on that well, one. So. Opta Stadium's another one. If they played yeah. at Opta Stadium and Subiaco, two different teams. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, no. Where's your? It, it yeah. cuts down the advantage. I think what they're saying is they want to develop all the Tasmanian footy. So put this other facility there, and you'd expect them to play maybe two games down there. The rest at home. Mm. You'd imagine Hawthorne will still go and play games. In Launceston. Yep, I like that. Now, arguably one of the most famous sons of Tasmania, Alistair Lynch is going to join us after 10 o'clock. Rocky. Yes, looking forward to that chat. Passionate Tasmanian man. 104.7 Adelaide's Triple M. It's the Dead Cert Legends. Tom Rockcliffe, Cow Ferguson and Tomo. 10 o'clock family. Hello to you. It is the Dead Cert Legends. Tom Rockcliffe, Cow Ferguson and Tomo. Big hour already running down. Took took some big calls, actually. It was split pretty well down the middle about the booing and the treatment of Jason Horn Francis. So if you missed any of that, you can get it on the listener app as well. But, oh. An absolute privilege to talk to this man. He just dead set dominated his whole career. We loved the way he went about it. You look at this for a resume. Seriously, three premierships. He was the Brisbane Lions captain, All-Australian, four-time leading goal kicker, Fitzroy team of the century, but more importantly, Tasmania yes. team of the century. Yes. Alistair Lynch joins us. Lynch, you got us. Good morning, fellas. How are you? Mate, we're going all right. all right. Now, it's just been uh, stated this morning, $240 million going into the new stadium down there in Tasmania. How do you feel as a local Tassie boy? 
I think it's fantastic. Um, for I think it's great for the national competition. I mean, if you can have a truly national competition, you need a Tasmanian team. And as uh, you guys uh, know very well, that um, uh, Tasmania is probably similar to South Australia, passionate AFL. That's all anyone talks about uh, during the winter. Everyone supports a... Uh, the old VFL teams or AFL teams now, but um, they deserve a team. And I'm glad that over the last few years, the last presentation has been able to present a compelling plan and importantly, something that can thrive in the AFL. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to further announcements and this is just a great start. I thought you were going to say more importantly, uh, he was renowned for belting the piss out of Wakeland in his last game. I'll tell you what, Lynchy, you would have found Um, a reason to belt Rocky, I reckon, if you were playing against him. well, I'll see Rocky this week, no doubt. But I might give him a flogging just for yeah. <laughs> I'll see. You, I'll see you at the Gabba later on today, I would imagine, Lynchy. But um, yeah. more importantly, what it can do for Tasmania development, um, we've spoken a little bit about it on, on another program, you and I, but the development down in Tasmania has really dropped away over the last couple of years and the state league competition down there is not where it used to be. How important is this uh, announcement today to get a 19th licence possible down there, but the development of the kids coming through? Yeah, and I think the first thing, the first appointment they need to make is the um, uh, a CEO for if, if they're going to go ahead with a club, they've got to appoint a CEO and they've got to appoint him uh, soon to do exactly what you're saying, Rocky, because over the years the uh, development pathways in Tassie have uh, thinned right out and there's a lot of kids playing other sports, as everyone around the country realistically, but it has thinned out. So I think make a couple of key appointments, someone to run the club and over the next few years as, you know, hopefully a team comes into the competition, set up those development pathways, set up the best possible league you can have in the state. Now, they've tried on a couple of occasions to have a statewide competition, which hasn't worked because it is a long drive from one end of the state Mm. to the other. so I think they need to sort of look at what's going to be best and uh, I think the regional comps are best and create the pathways, invest in the, the grassroots level football, that's the community football and the underage stuff to get, um, get that, create the pathways so that hopefully we get uh, a lot of Tasmanians drafted in the future. There's been a lot of greats uh, come out of uh, Tasmania, Lynchy, you being one of them, obviously. How important is it going to be to get those guys on board, get them around the team, get them down in Tassie, spending plenty of time around this franchise? Yeah, I think it's it's critical to have those icons. And you look at, say, the AFL team of the last century and some of the names that were in that side, and you go through and so many Tasmanians, you know, like Hudson, Ian Stewart, Daryl Baldock, uh, Royce Hart, those sort of uh, people... Um, for you know, some of them are very old, and unfortunately, some have passed away. But I think we need them to get behind it. But also, you know, the the local legends that played 200 games with their local club. This is their club as well. If it gets up and going, and I think it's really important that they get behind it. So it's not just a team based in in Tassie that's sort of played out of Hobart only. I think it's a it's a, you need that community to support it um, and they should feel proud that uh, 150 years of Tasmania football has been invested into this um, hopefully team that gets up and uh, they're all part of it. So 240 mil being tipped in by the government into the uh, the stadium down there at Hobart and then another 60 at Utah's. Is it a disadvantage you reckon Lynchy to play in both stadiums for one and the second part of the question in 23,000 seats in their stadium at Hobart there if the you know Tasmanian get up and going and they have a home final there is it going to be possible to be played there against a Collingwood or someone like that? Uh, yeah, I, you, you do think that, um, and I get it in the in the short term. Twenty three thousand seems like the um, right size stadium, but it seems very short term. Unders, yeah. I, would, I would have thought something like thirty, and this is um, this won't be just an AFL venue as well. You know, hopefully there's one day cricket international T Twenty cricket played there as well. So I, I would have thought a little bit more, but let's hope if they're going to go for a 23,000-seat stadium, there's opportunities to expand later. Yeah. Uh, and your second question, I think I would imagine if you're going to have that significant investment into Hobart, it might be a um, you know an eight and three, eight and four type split. Yes. But majority has to be played in Hobart, okay, and yeah. importantly, there has to be a 
a world-class training facility that has got to be there from day one. Right. So you yes. can't have a you can't have a um, temporary building like the Gold Coast and GWS had for five or six years. And the Gold Coast were training almost temporary um, school rooms um, for a long time until the, <laughs> until the Commonwealth Games got approved and they got yeah. this facility built. So they Crazy. can't do that because you imagine the leak of talent. That, oh, yeah. you know, their, mates, their mates get uh, drafted to the Adelaide Crows or Richmond or West Coast Eagles and you get dra uh, drafted to the old version of the Gold Coast Suns. Yeah. You'd be disappointed. So I think the facilities are critical to have in place from day one. And Lynchy, Adelaide often gets a, a bad rap from people that don't live over in South Australia, but everyone loved it over here in Gather Round and e expose that. Tasmania also hey, gets a bad rap. Tasmania also get a bad rap. I want you to pump it up. You, you got Nick Dacos in two years' time, you've got two million dollars. Sell us on Tasmania. Why why is it a great spot to live? Why why would you come to Tasmania to play footy? Well, the con contrary view is a prehistoric view of Tasmania that nothing happens and everyone leaves. But more and more, Tasma if you've visited Tasmania over the last decade, and especially over the last three or four years, it is such a vibrant place. There's so much going on. Whatever you want to get into, whether it's the arts, um, tourism, just through the beauty of, of the state, if you want to play world-class golf up north at Barn Boogle, mm. and Matty Goggins building a new world-class course in Hobart as well, which will go. Mm. I think there's so much to do, and I'm fortunate enough, my business is Hobart-based, so I'm down there sort of on a monthly basis. And it is, it's so, um, you're so proud when you go into Hobart, and there's almost like a, a different festival on every couple of weeks. So people are coming in from all parts of the world, all parts of the um, the country, and loving what they're seeing down there. So I think it's old school thought is 2030 wasn't much going on, but I think it's a very vibrant, uh, successful place these days. And and long as you've got the right facilities and the right people in place, I reckon players would love to go there and they'd love to stay there. There's some wine down there. Oh, I wouldn't yeah. mind getting my mitts mm. on too, Lynchy. Don't yes. worry about that. <laughs> There's gin and whiskies and all sorts you of things. You name it. <laughs> Lynchy, <laughs> you're, you're, a, you're a bloody star, mate. Thanks so much for jumping on board the Dead Set Legends. Appreciate your time always. Nah, absolute pleasure, and look forward to seeing you at the game, Rocky. <laughs> See you soon, Lynchy. Oh, Give beautiful. him a decent one. <laughs> <laughs> what a star that man is. Oh, a legend. Wasn't he dominant in early 2000s? Oh, seriously. Unstoppable. Yeah. <laughs> Just a juggernaut in the goal square. Unbelievable to watch. Did Salamanca ever get a hold of you down there, Rock? Nah, no one ever gets hold of me, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it got me a few yeah, times. Don't worry, it got me previously. <laughs> Dead set legends, 104.7. Triple M. 20 minutes past 10 o'clock for your Saturday morning, Adelaide, the Dead Set Legends. Tom Rockcliffe, Cow Ferguson, and Tomo. Uh, Going to need some space just after 10.30. That's all I'll say, Fergus. Yes, there's uh, some business that needs to be tended to. Yep, absolutely. And Jay-Z Clark's going to join us before 11 o'clock. But Rocky was in town last week, and he's up in Brisbane doing the show today. And uh, going to need some space after, because some of the behaviour in a 48-hour trip has been quite astounding. Rock concerning. Mm. I, I'm a bit dumbfounded with this one. I'm, I normally know when most clips are coming. I put my hand up like it's quite easy to get me for stuff that I've done. I'm yep. not the uh, most well-behaved person all the time, that's for sure. But we may actually have to go to the family on this. <laughs> yeah, I think we will have to go to I, the I family. Don't, I don't know what I did last yep. week. We'll do that. <laughs> we'll do that. Just be the first time Patty. you haven't been able to recall. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's happened a few times. That's the issue, yeah. isn't it? But I this, don't recall. Yeah, anyway, I don't recall. Anyway. Well, that's what everyone gets away with. Dan Andrews and all the uh, governments. I don't recall that. I don't recall. <laughs> Is that just, right? Just roll him under yeah, the bus. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, Goblin is. Um, anyway. <laughs> What did you call him? <laughs> He's just run with that on air. <laughs> um, that's right, know. The oil on. painting sitting across from me here, Rob. <laughs> hey, have a look at him. Have a look at Brad Pitt. He's here big, live, Franklin Street. Big, <laughs> big pockets on his forehead, balding, balding at 24. Oh, my goodness. He had the dreadlocks to cover it up. Oh, he's an oil painting. Poor old Dan Andrews. Oh, 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 this, has been oh. the, this has been a great two-minute hook. <laughs> uh, um, just want to straighten up slightly and talk about Jacob Wiedering about oh, what's yeah. happened throughout the week and the the scamming of his of his bank account and quite extraordinary. And there's a double page spread happening in the in the Herald Sun tomorrow. I'm led to believe. Um, and this is happening happening way too much, obviously. Yeah, and I worry personally. Oh, yeah. Well, 
if someone like that, he seems a pretty switched on unit yeah, at 25, 26 and, and got done um, pretty pretty badly. So the whole, Young blokes are pretty savvy with the technology yeah. as well. That's the concerning thing, isn't Big it? Big time. So I'm, I would certainly worry about my parents with it all as yeah, well. If me too. It's a text message. You see them, sometimes they pop up, um, you know, as contact numbers. Hey, mum. Hey, dad. So it's yeah. a text that it's come from... From, um, you know, sons and daughters where it's clearly mm. a scam. But I, I was actually listening to The Huddle uh, last night. They do a fantastic job. And yeah. Hamish McLaughlin jumped on, who actually spoke with Jacob Wiedering about it. He was <clears throat> on a Thursday night sitting at home, got a text message, and it was, this is how sophisticated the scammers are, it was on the end of an existing legitimate NAB text message exchange. So I was like, oh, something's happened. So he didn't do anything about it. The next day, a phone call from the NAB fraud number. It's coming up as NAB fraud that he has in, in his bank. So it's made from an overseas number. But what they have the ability to do now is show the caller ID as Damien Barrett or Luke Darcy or Nathan Brown, whoever it is. It's perfect English that is apparently now done with a decoder. So if they're speaking in a foreign language, it gets decoded as a an Englishman or Australian. He talks through the scenario. They say, there's no rush, but are you aware of these transactions? No. What can I do? And so it goes from there. And over the course of five or six days, he's led to believe that he needs to send money into a different account to safeguard it. He believes he's talking quietly and methodically with someone from the NAB and that he's putting his money into a protected zone. And if he leaves it where he is, he's at risk. Scary stuff, though. Oh, it is. I mean, that, that's just horrible. And, and listening a bit more to that story and reading about it last night, you know, he lost all his savings. Mm. Um, it actually, to the to the extent where financially um, they had to uh, reshape their plans for the future, where they were, they were looking to start a young family, they had to push that all back. Um, when things start to affect your life to that mm. to that level, um, that is quite distressing and disturbing. And I I feel for him big time because uh, that, you know that could have been any of us really. Um, you, you do wonder, um, you know. Now, having heard that story, you know, I'm a bit pedantic with all of this security stuff mm. anyway. I mean, that's just, I'm just going to go to another level now on the mm. back of um, hearing that story because it's deeply distressing. Well, it, it was not long ago you used to get the phone call that you need to transfer this straight away, wasn't it? And then you're like, oh, God, that's another scammer. But when yeah, they're yeah. getting smarter and smarter and smarter, all the spelling mistake yeah. from an email or something yeah. like that. Well, you, it's not like it's, it's, they were asking him to send no. you know, $2 million to the Prince of Nigeria or yeah. something like that. Which is what you get in the emails. Yeah, that's right. Like it's, Which I've done and don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, who, who, who is it on? Like the NAB Bank, like they, the hackers or scammers obviously have access to that, which is the confusing part for me. So, NAB mm. would have to replace that money as well, wouldn't they? Well, I think, yeah, the, I think the banks are insured against that stuff. I, I, I don't know. I yeah, don't know. I've the had money there. scammed, like um, I think my credit card got um, skimmed. Yeah. At the ATM once, and I lost you know four hundred dollars or something like that, and the and the bank replaced that. Yeah, okay. um, but it's it, this is a significant amount of money, like mm-hmm. four hundred dollars piles into insignificance. Mm-hmm. Imagine the stress that you're oh, going yeah. through. M- massive like, house deposits, family, side of family, yeah. etc. Tom, it's funny that Ferg says he's worried about it because he just comes back with brown paper bags. From oh, India. Yeah, hang on that a is second. True. No, no, hang on. That a is second. true. <laughs> he comes back. With brown paper <laughs> hasn't declared a thing quite... since two thousand and three. Our man hasn't paid any tax. <laughs> No, not a thing. Lives Everything straight through the books. Thank oh, no. you very much. <laughs> One triple three five three of the ATL listening. <laughs> Triple M. 104.7 Adelaide's Triple M. It's the Dead Set Legends, Tom Rockcliffe, Cow Ferguson, and Tom O'Neill. Fergie, mm-hmm. we heard something throughout the week that was just extraordinary. Oh, I was taken aback. Yep. It was something that uh, just landed in our lap and it needs addressing. It does. Because. Rocky, you got flown down last week from Brisbane to Adelaide for Live Golf, correct? That's right. Yep. And you had a hell of a weekend. No. <laughs> Sizable weekend. What do you mean you had a horrible weekend? <laughs> well, I got the, the blue balls pretty much from uh, Live Golf. <laughs> I got sent down and then got told I had to do the footy on Saturday <laughs> afternoon instead of staying at Live Golf. And mm-hmm. then it wasn't the best game to do. And then flew home Sunday morning to do another cracking game. <laughs> the Gold Coast versus Melbourne. Yeah, that so, is a yeah, stitch up. No, instead of being there for two days on the Saturday and Sunday at Live Golf, I, I missed out. Now, your time in Adelaide, where did you stay, please? Chris Dittmars. Okay. Now, this is where it sort of landed in our lap, Fergus, because I was listening to the number one breakfast show throughout oh, the week, I and I, I heard this from Chris Dittmar. Yeah. He stayed at my place last weekend. Did he bring his own wet wipes? <laughs> no, but he's, he is a clean freak. I've never seen more 
cosmetics and thing for a bloke <laughs> in really? the spare bathroom. Yeah, he had gear laid out everywhere. Oh, he had it? buds for all sorts of cleaning. Oh, things. oh God. no, no, he did. He, he surprised me. He's a real, wow. real clean freak. Yeah. He doesn't have that energy. No, no. he doesn't. No. <laughs> sort of, they call him the pig. I don't know yeah. if that's a good nickname. <laughs> Imagine how we'd look without the cosmetics. Oh, my oh, first question. I don't know what cosmetics. I had the wet wipes. The wet wipes were certainly there, but um. I had to borrow toothpaste. I think I stole it off him. How many okay. different buds do so you need? I, like, where do you need to use different types of buds? Oh, he would, never Cotton came buds. into the bathroom. Chris Dittmar's got a mansion there, four bedroom, three bathroom. I don't think he's ever stepped foot. I had to take all the stuff off, like really? the, the markers, because he's never used any of it. Okay, well, he joins us right now. Dits, good morning yes, to you. Dits. Listen, listen, you, your toothpaste, toothpaste, you can bring back the sheets, bring back the towels you took, bring back my coffee cup, my cutlery. You are a Fairingham tea leaf. No bullshit. This is unbelievable. I know for a fact that this is all just made up, Chris, because I what? took my my sheets off and Duna covers, washed them all, hung them all out before I left while you were still uh, sucking your thumb on Sunday morning. So that's just not true. I swore, I could have sworn, and nothing wrong with this by the way, but I could have sworn I had a female staying with me. Everything, everything's been cleaned. Before 6am, the quilt cover was hanging on the line. I'm serious. Yeah, I had a couple of stains. I'm still, I'm still young enough to have those dreams, Chris. I had a couple of stains on the sheets. I had to throw them out. Now, Dix, you know, I want to know what the I, item list is, is. You think I'm exaggerating? I went into the uh, the away rooms, I call them. I went into the I went into the other bathroom. Yeah. I have never seen. There are cotton buds laid out in rows. There oh. were uh, cotton wool balls. There's four different four different aftershaves. There's a roll on. There's an underarm spray. There are toothpicks in several colours. He's got the plastic ones as well as the wooden ones. He's got an eyebrow. There was an eyebrow plucker. An eyelash comb. An eyebrow plucker. This is all for forty eight hours. Holy hell! I know. I thought he shifted in. Now, Dits, this is the thing for me. This is the concerning thing. When you're on a away trip. You usually cut back a little bit on yep. what you've normally got laying out there. Correct. Now, nah. if he's on an away trip and it's looking like that, what's it going to look like in the house? Is there well, going to be any room for Shana? When he, yeah, well, this is the thing. When he said he was coming to stay for two nights, when he arrived, I thought, oh, he's been kicked out. I've never seen a person with so much gear. He had everything. Rock, you got anything for us? Well, yeah, so the, the four aftershaves, you never know where you're going to end up um, with, oh, Chris Dip, with Chris Dipmar. You could end up at the Lockleys. You could end up at the casino. Like, he's a man that's just so well-connected in Adelaide. So if you're going no. to old, old people's crew, you want to put on the older aftershave. I don't know anyone or if you're going that has to, to have a different club. aftershave no, depending on the venue. Oh, no. you're heading yeah. to. You know, you know, um, you know when you walk into that ground floor at Myers, yes, you go through the perfume section. It was, it was like walking into that. I, I, so, there were things lined up everywhere. So I just want to ask Ferg and Tomo, if someone's coming to stay at your house, yeah, and you know they enjoy a beer, you'd have a couple of beers in the fridge, wouldn't you, for them when they arrive? Oh, you probably would, I reckon. Well, it what? depends on how yeah. much of an issue you think they've got with the alcohol. <laughs> empty, empty oh. fridges at Christie oh, no, no, no alcohol whatsoever. <laughs> Oh, no. Well, decent decent at, bloke to bring his own. Decent, decent, <laughs> yeah, decent yeah, bring exactly right. Yeah, I'm yeah, going to top the fridge oh, up for you. And, and guest, not only a that. Guest, that's yeah, right. A decent guest would know. A decent guest would know that, hello, my host drinks Sauvignon Blanc. I might bring yeah. a bottle of wine. Well, yeah, yeah so that's a good point. Fresh this. air. Fresh so air. We went, so we Came went through the bottle shop. And this is, this is where we went. We went through the bottle shop. I had to buy his wine, <laughs> his partner's wine, my beers. Then we went to dinner, pizza. I had to get all the... Pay for all that, then had to drive him home because he'd been at the golf all day. And then the next night after the footy, when we got home, I had to cook all the dinner, all the burgers. Yeah. I had to bring it all and cook it all. Someone On played a violins for me. You poor, you poor bloke, Rocky. That must have been tough. And and he charged me two hundred a night, <laughs> plus GST. <laughs> Oh, Dits, thanks so much for jumping on board because he, he said he he said he come down with his sleeping bag and that's it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Good man, Dits. Thanks, boys. mate. See you, boys. All right. I like this. Now, it begs the question on 13353, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Absolutely. How many cosmetics is acceptable for a weekend away? Because yeah. we know Rock's taken 17 different types of jupe and yep. he's away. Yep, that's it. <laughs> different types of toothpaste, all sorts. So if I'm going for a weekend away, if I'm going for a two-nighter, I'm yep. taking maybe some hair wax, toothpaste, deodorant, that's it. Yeah, after, I'd take aftershave with me probably. Mm, the I'm other not, thing is, I had to lock my door as well because Shazza Dittmar tried to slip in. <laughs> 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 She's still stuck.
saying there? One triple three five three. How many cosmetics is acceptable for a man? Triple M. Twelve minutes away from eleven o'clock for your Saturday morning, Adelaide. The dead set legends: Tom Rockcliffe, Cow Ferguson, and Tomo Fergie. We just found some in- incredible information out about our man. Tom Rockcliffe. Well, I'll tell you what it is. It's sounding a lot like he's a bit of a pretty boy and he's, he, <laughs> the vanity levels have just gone through. I didn't think this no, of our man. Neither did I. I Nick, thought well, he was a, you well, know, a man's man. You can't look this good without putting time into your body. <laughs> we heard throughout the week Ditz was on because he stayed at Chris Dittmar's house for the Live Golf over That's the weekend. Right. Here's what he had to say. Yeah. He stayed at my place last weekend. Did he bring his own wet wipes? No, but he's, he is a clean freak. I've never seen more cosmetics and things for a bloke <laughs> in really? a spare bathroom. Yeah, He had gear laid out everywhere. Oh, he had buds it? for all sorts of cleaning oh, things. Oh, no, no, he did. He, he surprised me. He's a real, wow. real clean freak. Yeah. He doesn't have that energy. No, no he doesn't. No. <laughs> they call him the pig. I don't know yeah. if that's a good nickname. So we just had Dits on for the we previous uh, break, and here's what he, he just rolled through what Rocky took down with him yep. for a 48-hour trip. Wax, roll-on, aftershave, eyebrow trimmers, shaving cream, tweezers, wet wipes, hair gel, filer, eclipse mints, shaver, times 11, toothbrush, earbuds, toothpicks, different colours, and toenail clippers. Mosh as well. <laughs> yeah, mosh. The mosh. Mosh was there. Begs the question, one triple three five three. how many cosmetics for a man? Yeah, well, I just... Uh, the concern for me was that normally when you're on an away trip, you yep. know, you thin out the products that you need. You just go down to the bare, the bare essentials. Well, mm. that's not the bare essentials for me. That, that's, uh, I'm, I'm scared. Does Shana have any space in the bathroom at home? That's the concern. Rock, we have to use two different bathrooms. So we, uh, <laughs> that I'm mate. in one, she's in one, and yeah, that's that's the only way we can make it work. Here's oh, a pile me. on from um, Loz and, and Ruin there saying that it don't come across like that. Yeah. Gee whiz. Well, you don't. Because you well, wear those shirts that have like, puddles under them and under the <laughs> arms massive, and all sorts. Massive lagoons under the arms. <laughs> <laughs> have you looked into advanced hair yet, Tomo? No. <laughs> you can am talk. You had the mosh in your kit. Am I going thin, am I? <laughs> One triple three five three. as we go out to Clandor. we got Sean. Shawnee, hello, mate. Yeah, not too bad. How you going, boys? Yeah, Great. good, mate. What's acceptable, please, for a man? Well, I'm not sure, but uh, going the other way, my brother came to visit me a few years ago and he was there four days and he had the same shirt on when he got there and the same shirt when he left. And oh, he no, you've got to be kidding <laughs> me, Shawnee. Did start disintegrating in front of your eyes? Well, you know, I wouldn't want to sit next to him on the plane on the way home. Oh. That way, he wouldn't have been going too well. <laughs> where's where's he from, Shawnee? Oh, well, we're both from Adelaide, but uh, we uh, I was living up living in the state for a while when he came up to visit. So What, uh, Queensland or something like that? Yeah, Cairns. Cairns? Oh, You'd be sweating. You'd be dripping. <laughs> he didn't care. We were drunk the whole time, so he didn't. God, I don't know what's going on there. That's extraordinary. <laughs> well, sounds, I mean, Rocky's from up there, and they're at the opposite ends of the spectrum by mm. the sound of things. I don't know what's going on. Imagine Rock with the same shirt before Oh, days. no, don't even. I, can't, I don't even want to think about it. Can you imagine being like a towel? I feel, sick, I feel sick thinking about it. Imagine the pong coming off it. <laughs> Triple <laughs> Six minutes away from 11 o'clock, 104.7 Adelaide's Triple M. It's the dead set legends, Tom Rockcliffe, Cow Ferguson and Tom. And we got these $50 vouchers to GiftWorks. We love what they're bringing to the table, oh, Fergus. They just keep getting the job done, GiftWorks. Yep. Get on board. Love it. You can Fine get the latest always. and the best licensed AFL and NRL supporters gear from GiftWorks. Colonnade Shopping yes. Centre and Elizabeth yes. Shopping Centre right now. Time to get the latest news out of Melbourne. Triple M's dead set legends, AFL newsbreaker, Jay Clark. He absolutely loves it, our man Jay Z Clark. He's got all the news loves in the business it. of the in world. The of, oh yeah, he loves it. Jay Z, you got us. Yeah, so uh, boys, I tell you what, I was at Marvel Stadium last night. It was extraordinary. It was embarrassing. This booing of Jason Horn Francis. I yes. know you touched on it earlier in the show. I tell you what, Brad Scott does this week. Of course, the power take on Essendon. Brad Scott, his weekly press conference says to the Bombers fans, just don't do it. Like, don't bully your kid in his second season. Following week, they play North Melbourne. They're going to boo him because, you know, he walked out in the club. Mm-hmm. And I get that. That's the theatre, which is which is sort of acceptable, really. But then that surely has to be the end of it. Because you know, I just worry. Like last night, I cringed. Like I absolutely cringed. Yeah. You could hear the booing because he was outstanding. And what do we want? We want a talented 19-year-old kid to leave the game. Like how's he, how's he feeling? Is he enjoying his football? Like I, I don't know. I would just hate it. 
And I think um, for the football public, like it just has to end. North Melbourne, I get it in a fortnight's time. He's yep. going to look into the eye of that storm. And then on the back of that, I just think surely it ends because it is embarrassing. And I don't know, people I don't even reckon know why they're booing. They're just booing because maybe <laughs> yeah. a few other people do it. It's ridiculous. No, I'm with you there, mate. And uh, also a uh, big, big announcement down in Tassie this morning. The PM committing to 240 mil to the new stadium in ta- 23,000 seater, I think, and 65 million to the upgrade of Utah's in Launceston. Yeah, it's uh, a big announcement, isn't it? A big development for the state of uh, Tasmania. And I feel like this new Tasmanian team, and possibly a little bit unlike Gold Coast and GWS, I think it's going to be the Tasmanian team is going to be, you know, reasonably popular with um, the, the rest of the competition. I'm I'm cheering for this new Tasmanian team. We heard what James Sicily put his foot in it this week. He said, oh, well, <laughs> I want to bother to go down there. Well, that's because uh, partly the major sponsor, uh, James, and he had to apologise on Twitter. Jeez, that was crazy. But um, I think because it's part, it has a rich part to play in, in Australia's football heritage. You know, they've got legends of the game, Matthew Richardson from there, um, the Rewalts, you know, Rodney Eade, these, these champions um, of the game. Jeremy Howe, of course, is from Tasmania. So I think this decision has been w- widely celebrated and popular uh, amongst AFL clubs. The presidents will tick it off despite some sort of curmudgeoning, and um, I think it's going to be exciting. There will be some really specific rules in the list whereby the Tasmanian team, yes, they're going to get a whole heap of high draft picks, but it will be written in to the list build rules that they have to trade them to other clubs to try and get some of that top-tier talent back. But with a $240 million checkoff from the PM today, it is all systems go on Tassie, and I think it's going to be an exciting time for the whole of the competition. Yeah, certainly will be, Jay. And uh, Scotty Pendlebury, he's, he's out. He's a big game against the Adelaide Crows on Sunday afternoon. Yes, Captain Feathersword is wearing a patch, I believe, as we speak. Uh, I think he may have had four stitches overnight um, in his right eye. I think that was still giving him grief after copping a thumb in the eye in the Anzac Day game. And we were very good in that for the first three quarters too. But uh, a couple of stitches, he'll have um, a bit of a freshen up. And you would think that uh, Benny Keys, the Adelaide target, is going to go to Nick Dacos. Yep. He's been allowed Pastor, to do whatever yes. he wants. Hasn't he for the first uh, six rounds? Surely he's going to get a bit more physical heat. And I'll be shocked if Matthew Nix lets him have the sort of influence that he had against the Bombers last weekend because he is the uh, Brownlow medal favourite for a reason. James and Clark. The, oh, yeah, go on, Rob. That's the one area I reckon you can get Dacos as well. We've seen him have moments of um, when the body heats on. I reckon if Ben Keyes goes at him aggressively, that, that could find him out tomorrow mm. afternoon. I think it'll happen, uh, Rocky. I like that. Jay-Z Clark, appreciate your t- time always, mate. Good on you, boys. Jay-Z. Perfect. Thank you, mate. Uh, Charlie Dixon's going to join us just around the corner yeah, as yes. well. Big Mick. Good to have him back. So uh, look forward to that chat on the Dead Set Legends. 11 o'clock, family. Hello to you. It is the Dead Set Legends. Tom Rockliffe, Cow Ferguson, and Tom And The big story was last night, Port Adelaide. Seven-point winners over the top of the ladder. St Kilda Football Club. And I tell you what, the Port Adelaide outfit just looks so much better with this man. Oh, yes. He kicked a couple of goals. He straightens them right up. Eight score involvements ah, from nine touches. We love him. And he's a good friend of the Dead Set Legends. Charlie Dixon, good morning to you. Good morning, lads. Thanks for having me. Hey, mate. Congratulations <laughs> on the win, mate. You must have been pumped to get back in and uh, and get the four points last night. Yeah, absolutely. I think the boys really enjoy going over and playing and to be able to come away with a good win like that, a real grinding win, is always uh, is always good. Are you riding your motorbike currently, Mick? <laughs> no, sorry. I'm in my car with my dogs, <laughs> mate, actually. No, all good, Charles. In now, um... Now, uh, you must just look on in disbelief sometimes when free kicks get paid to key forwards at the other end of the ground and then the footy comes down, Dougal Howard has both your arms wrapped around your back and you can't get your hands on it and nothing's paid. Because if looks could kill, just before your smother in that third quarter, or mm. I think it was the third quarter, <laughs> that umpire got uh, both your oh, beaming yeah. eyes. How, how frustrated do you get down there at full forward when you just don't get a free kick ever? Yeah, well, it's sort of been happening for about 14 years, mate, so I think it's something that I'm kind of used to. Um, no, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it is frustrating, but I mean, it is what it is, mate. You know how it goes. 
Now, now, Charlie, uh, <laughs> mate, I looked at the stats at the end of because I thought, geez, he's had plenty of it. You had nine touches. I was surprised it was only nine. But you seemed like you were in everything down forward. Particularly uh, one thing that stood out was the little tap to Willie Rioli. Now, how nice is it and, and, and how satisfying is it when you and nail a tap out like that? It must be disappointing when they don't finish it off for you. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I mean, it, it's good when that's sort of all I have to do is just try and bring the ball to ground and, and um, give our boys the best opportunity um, when the ball hits the ground because we, we are so good when the ball hits the ground. So if I can just, you know, give it a little bit, know that they're there and can see me on the peripherals, I'll be able to sort of just put it in there in their vicinity, and, and then they take care of the rest most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, Chuck, we've always loved your honesty, mate, especially on this show on the Dead Set Legends. It happened again last night. The Jason Horn francis saga continued with the booing. How's he going, personally, and um, how, how do you guys rally around him? Uh, he, he's, going, he's going great. I mean, I don't think it, it bothers him at all, to be honest. I mean, for a young kid to cop what he cops and, and just to do what he does, it's pretty amazing. I mean... He's uh yeah he's got a genuine um, head on his shoulders where he's you know above all that crap and and he's just happy to be out there and playing footy and he's and that's the thing he is genuinely happy being at our football club and and um, he's um, dominating in this environment and um, I just love to love playing with him and I love what he does on the football field you know he um, he just breaks games open and, and it's um it's pretty amazing to see. Well said. Now, Big Charles, the, the footy club, you must be happy with how you're positioned after seven games because looking at the draw at the start of the year could have easily um, not been in this position. Probably the toughest draw of the competition so far. You'd be the, the footy club must be really happy with where you're at. Where's the improvement come from this season? Yeah, absolutely. We're definitely in a good spot. We definitely have had probably one of the hardest runs in, in the comp with uh, the teams that we've played and um, but that's, that's the way it goes. But, yeah, definitely pumped with where we're at. I mean, we've um, tightened up on a few issues and not letting um, sort of what happens in the moment sort of stick with us. We're just worried about sort of what's going, uh, what's happening in the next contest and just moving forward. Depends. It doesn't matter how, how many goals they kick on us. It's just sort of trying to connect back together and then restart. Jesus, it's been great to see the physicality from your side, uh, Charlie. Now, I was interested to, to ask you about your, your body personally back in this week. Um, how's your body feeling? Is it feeling like it's uh, ready to go for a big year and push into a big finals campaign? Uh, yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> hang on. <laughs> no, I'm all right. It's, um, I sort of did my PCL against the dogs and... Um, I probably could have played last week, but they just sort of said, uh, give me a week off. And I had some back issues as well. So, But no, I'm feeling all right. I mean, pulled up pretty well. It's, um, it is what it is, mate. I'm getting old and I'll just keep going. That's great. <laughs> Eight day break, mate. You'll be uh, looking forward to taking on the Essendon Football Club at Adelaide Oval next Sunday, which is absolutely superb. Well, that's enough of the footy talk, I reckon. What's on for the rest yes. of the weekend? Because we know you've got a property up in the beautiful Adelaide Hills. Can you get out and about today, Chuck? Yeah, I'm actually heading up there now. I'm just going to chill out for a bit. Some, uh, I've had some boys um, clearing uh, my block from my shed, so I'm going to go check that out and see they've done a good job. And, um, <laughs> just playing around, mate. I think I've um, got a birthday to go to today, so other than that, I'm just going to be playing around. Hopefully not come down to Adelaide too much. I love just staying up at home. Oh, with a good win under the belt to just relax into too, Chuck. That's fantastic. Perfect, mate. Thanks so much for joining us on the Dead Set Legends. We always love your company. Thanks, mate. Beautiful. Good what on you, mate. Absolute he, he, star. He needs a rest after having three blokes hang off with Oh, yeah, seriously. He gets him. smashed, doesn't he? <laughs> he does. like, I've never oh. seen a Ford get smacked oh, like him. No. It's incredible it's that he doesn't get any free him. kicks. It's actually incredible. You would have loved to play with him, Rock. Yeah, well, uh, again, he's got those three blokes, but it, what you spoke about for creating those opportunities for the That's blokes right. at ground level, he never gets outmarked. The footy always no. comes to ground, and he, he's sort of predictable where, it put, where he puts it. So he's so important to the dynamic of the Port Adelaide footy. See, that's, that's why I asked the question, because he's so adept at that. The mm. ball comes into a contest, and he's the biggest guy there with five blokes hanging off him, and he finds a way to just get a palm on yep. it, just one hand onto it, puts it out in front of his mates. It's a skill that's underrated. I mean, Tom Hawkins gets a lot of plaudits for what he does. Yep. I reckon Chuck does it better than anyone in a marking contest. 
And then still kick a couple himself. Oh, that's right. Yep. Rocky, need you to uh, preview the game that's happening tomorrow, mate, uh, at the Adelaide Oval. The Crows taking on Collingwood. See if the Crowies can get it done. Beautiful. We'll do it next here at Triple Thanks, M. mate. 18 minutes past 11 o'clock for your Saturday morning, Adelaide. The Dead Set Legends, Tom Rockcliffe, Cal Ferguson and Tomo. Yeah, really looking forward to this game. The Adelaide Crows take on the Collingwood Footy Club. And for the listeners out there, we did inquire to get Matty Nix on the show. Unfortunately, he was unavailable, so we couldn't uh, get him on the show this morning. But the Adelaide Crows are playing some really good footy, and they were probably lucky to win last week. You would have liked them to win a little bit easier, but it's never easy to go down to Tasmania and beat Hawthorne. Never has been, and I don't think it ever will be. But the way the forward line is functioning at the moment, it's really dynamic down there, ranking... Tex is as as good as he's ever played again. He, he just continues to fire on, on all cylinders. Fogarty as well. Riley O'Brien in the ruck is going to be a big plus for the Adelaide Crows. He's going to come up potentially against a, a Billy Frampton or I'm not sure that the dynamic in the ruck there for Collingwood, they've been a bit undersized. So it should be an area of the game that the Adelaide Crows can really get on top and, and then give that potent forward line an opportunity to kick a score. I think we will see this week Nick Dacos for the first time get some real serious heat into him. I think Ben Keyes will go and stand next to him and make it really difficult for him um, on Sunday afternoon. It's a bleeding obvious, that one. Is it actually mm. going to happen, though, which is quite interesting? We're hearing this system v. system, and even up to three-quarter time, you're a Don's man, for yeah. us. you would have watched Siren to Siren. He didn't have, like, don't get me wrong, he had 30 touches, but that last quarter when he can, has the ability to go into the midfield and kick two goals... We are dealing with a very special, special player. Yeah, we are. And you couple those skills with the fact that he's in the in the top two runners within the club. I mean, his, his ability to just run on top of the ground late in the game. I mean, everyone slows down. He's just as fast as he was at the start of the game, which makes him appear quicker. And, and all of a sudden, you know, he's all over, all over the top of you. So... Um, hard to watch. I'd be putting someone to him just because I watched how much damage he did to us. And people were saying he had he wasn't damaging in the first half. He was clean as a whistle yep. every time he went near it yep. and used the footy well. Mm-hmm. And and that's damaging. I don't care who you are. Uh, Rory Led, there's a, yeah. a bit of news floating around. So I've just done a, a little bit of research and it looks like he was the first to leave the captain's run today, mm-hmm. which is concerning for everyone involved, Rock. Yeah, it is. And, and you super coach players out there, Fergus, that... Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm bleeding over not, it. Not knowing <laughs> what to do at the moment. But yeah, imagine with a calf injury, there is no point taking a risk. If it's a little bit tight or sore, just sit the week out. Um, yes, a massive game against Collingwood. But when would you prefer to have him for the next seven, eight for mm. the rest of the season after that or miss him for potentially four to six weeks if he pings his calf early on in that game? I don't know what you were like with calves, but the minute I found a little sore spot in my calf, if I kept trying to push through it, it just got worse it. and worse and worse and then left you with a two to three weeker. So get him off there. I reckon oh, it hurts my super coach yeah. team, but get him out of that team because you don't want to lose him for a month. Big crowd yeah. set to be there tomorrow as well, Rock. This is the, the, the biggest home and away game outside a showdown since the grand final rematch of round two in 2018 against Richmond. It is absolutely massive. massive. And I don't think we saw this at the start of the year. I probably didn't see the Crows going four and two, but to be able to, to do what they've done four on the trot first time since 2019, how good? Oh, yeah, you exciting. had him six and zero, I think, at, at round six, didn't you? At the start of the season, I thought you had him Norton. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, no. you had him <laughs> Norton twelve. Norton twelve, you had him Norton twelve. Yeah, <laughs> no, but they've been they have been outstanding. So this is, and it should be rightfully a sold out Adelaide Oval. That the Crows always turn up to watch their team, no matter what, and. The, the Collingwood Footy Club always travel. They've got supporters all around Australia. So hopefully there is 50-odd thousand there. Su- a Sunday afternoon game. Um, I'm not sure what, what the weather's doing, but it's a great way to, to finish off the weekend. And it should be a, a great challenge for the Adelaide Crows to find out where they're at, that they're taking on um, the Collingwood, who can potentially leapfrog St Kilda and be a game clear on top of the ladder. Ah, beautiful. Time for us to get out of here, boys. Yes. The rub coming up next. What's oh, on for the rest of the day, please, Fergus? I'm going to just head down to Kuyonga oh. out at Lock. And wander around Eden yeah. Hall. So uh, I'm just going to enjoy myself down there for the afternoon. Do you get to the 19th? I'll probably find my way yeah. there. Yeah, Rocky and you, mate. <laughs> surprise, surprise. He's not at home again. I'm <laughs> off to the Gabba to call the game this afternoon. <laughs> no, Brisbane's taking on Fremantle. So after the rub, uh, I, think we're, I think we should be national to call today. So look National call. Should be. Yeah. We love no that. Way. If you missed anything from the show as well, we can get it on the listener app. It's been massive. Oh, it has been. How do you spell that, Rock? L I S T. Enna. Well done. Yes, very, very, very good. I like that. Um, yeah, so make sure you download the podcast. Everyone else does. They do. Well, I mean, have you seen the numbers? Yeah. The download numbers. <laughs> Airborne this joint. 
Enjoy. And the crow show on tomorrow morning as well from 9am. <laughs> yes, can't wait for that one. That is absolutely flying. Don't worry about that. <laughs> the rub coming up next. It's been the Dead Set Legends. See you next week from 9. Bye.